Hello to all of you watching in your homes, maybe watching at work, somewhere hunkered down uh, safely, wherever you are today. We just want to say that we love you and we are grateful for you being with us. We very quickly became a, a church online and I'm speaking in an empty building pretty much today, um, but I know that I'm speaking also to open hearts and the same spirit that is in this place today that we can feel so powerfully is also with you wherever you are. I want to give a shout out to um, uh, our cousin Tracy today. He's on the other side of cancer and he's been watching. Hey, we're praying with you. Hang in there, bud. Um, shout out to a lot of our Florida friends that are starting to come home. Uh, we are looking forward to having you back with us. And um, if you're watching out of state or you're watching out of the country, if you would just kind of post down below where you're watching there and let us know uh, where you are so that we can see who all is joining us. And I want to pray especially for all of you this week. And uh, so just uh, if you have a need, a prayer request, make sure and let us know about that. Um, can I just say, just before I jump into the message today, which I'm excited to share with you, can I just say uh, how much I miss you? I was sitting in this room today as the worship team was singing, and I just envisioned uh, the day when all of us would be back into this place, joining together, not only in worship, but with our hearts and physical bodies together, worshiping the Lord. And um, uh, I just want to say, I just miss you. I miss your smiles. I miss your hugs, your encouragement. And um, I just want to remind you one more time, be faithful um, and be reminded that we are not alone, and we will get through this thing together. We will. So stay encouraged, continue to pray, keep your spirits up, stay in the word of God, um, and he's going to show us great ways how he can use us to be a blessing to others during this crisis. Hey, one more thing, next Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, can you believe that? And I know it is sad that we're not going to be gathered together, maybe for uh, most of us, the first time ever in our lives that we have not been able to come physically into a building together with God's people on Easter Sunday. And I know it's, I, I know it's sad not to meet together, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to invite somebody this week to join us next week on Easter Sunday to be a part of church online. Just invite somebody to watch with us. Send them the link, send them to our Facebook or our webpage, and uh, just encourage them to be a part of that. Last week, we had over 8,400 people that were able to view in some fashion the, uh, our service, and I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if next week we bump over that 10,000 mark? I think we can do it, and so just want to encourage you as the Lord lays upon your heart someone to invite, just send them an email, send them a text or something, and invite them to join us next week. Because the reason that we exist as a church is that we are here to encourage and equip you and equip people in general to become fully devoted followers um, of Christ. That's why we're here. You have, listen to me, you have one life. And maybe during this time more than any other, you realize the importance of that one life and that God has a purpose for your life. And what we're going to find out today is the way that you find that purpose and live out that purpose is you fully come to the place where you fully know God. You, you just embrace him. 
And, and the word that, that is used in the Greek is this word genosko, which literally means to know him intimately. It, it was an idiom that was used to kind of talk about the intimate relationship that a man and a wife had together in order to have a child. And so they would say this word genosko in instead of the other, to kind of describe the deep intimacy that they got very close, right? And listen, when Jesus came along and he talked about having this relationship with God, he used this word right here, genosko, that God wants to have a closeness with us, that when he thinks about you, he thinks about you in intimate ways. And as Jesus would share this, the crowds would kind of gasp because to them, God was very far away. He, he, he never would come close to humans. He doesn't even like us. Why would God want to get close to us? And Jesus would say, oh, no, 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 no. God wants to know you intimately. He wants to draw very close to you. And, he, and then he went even beyond that, and, and Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, I, I, thought, I thought that's how you got there is crying out, Lord, Lord, you know. Uh, and, and Jesus says, no, it's, it's not just about that. It is, it is more than that. Only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Well, so like, what is this will Jesus is talking about? Well, he goes on to say, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons, in your name perform many miracles? And they start going through this list of stuff. And you can put any religious thing that you want to in here, going to church, paying tithes, serving, working, doing all of these things, singing songs, inviting people, watching online. But that's not, that's not what it says that, that he is looking for. Yet most people think this stuff, this list, are the kind of things that God is looking for. But that's not it. And they, they will show up on that day and they will have put their faith in the wrong things. And so then Jesus goes on to say, on that day, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you, you evil doers. And here's the deal, because God isn't looking for religion in us. He is looking for relationship. My most important job for you as your pastor is to prepare you for the moment that you stand before God one day. That is my greatest assignment. Well, I don't believe in God. Well, I got to tell you, it doesn't change the fact that one day, whether or not you believe in him or not, one day you will stand before him. Um, some people in this time of crisis we're in, they'll say things like, well, Pastor, do you think we're going through, like, is this like the end times right now? Have we stepped into, like, the tribulation time? And I'll just tell you honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have a clue. But it doesn't matter to me because every day I am trying to live my life in such a way that I am always ready to stand before him. 
And some of you can't say that right now. Some of you can't say in your heart of hearts that you know him in such an intimate way that you are ready to stand before him. And can I be honest with you? Maybe during this time, that's what causes you to fear the most. Jesus could return anytime he wants to, right? And I got to tell you, I'm quite okay with that. And he will gather all of us together, everybody from Adam to you and to me, and we are all going to stand before God and we will give an account on that day. And he will look at us and he will say something like this, okay, why is it that I should let you into my kingdom? And what I want you to know is on that day, there is no religious answer that you can give none. You, you know, like, oh, I went, to, I went to Kokomo Naz and watched online. No, 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 no. Even that won't work. There's only one thing that you can say on that day that matters ultimately to get you entrance into that eternal city. One thing that you can say, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus was my personal friend. Jesus was the one I loved. I was close to him. I was intimate with him. I don't know how you picture it on that day. But sometimes I'm reading through scripture and I'm thinking about the fact God is not looking for my deeds or my religion. He wants a relationship with me. And I'm looking at that day, and I, I kind of picture as I'm standing before God, maybe Jesus just kind of steps up to, from wherever, you know, and kind of slips his arm around me and said, pulls me close and says, Daddy, it's okay. We're buds. We know each other intimately. Because it is not ever about religion. It is always about relationship. Isaiah was right, Matthew, Jesus said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so here's the question I have for you this morning and in the midst of what we are facing around this world. Where is your heart? And see, my job is to help you understand that he's not looking for this stuff, the things that we do. No, no, no. He is looking for this. He is looking inward at our heart. And my job is to remind us each week that we are, an, uh, we are not an organization. We are people in love with a real living God who wants to be, get intimate with us. Because, you know, if you, if you love somebody there is a sense of joy, right? Like when you're, when you're around them, it's not drudgery. You don't, you don't like, you know, dread it. It's like you, you love to be with them. Love stirs something inside of you. You just, you just want to be around them. And if you really know God, there's just this joy in your life. It flows over into the lives of others. You want to be with him each day. You love to be in his word. You, you want to do things that please him. You want to give to his purposes. See, love brings joy. Religion brings that other stuff. It's like a checklist, and I dread it, and I, but I got to do it. No, 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 no. God is looking for joy. If you love someone, you want to you want to make them happy. You want to bring joy into their There's a desire deep within you to make them happy. But if you're not in love, 
That, that is the hardest thing to do, try and make someone happy that you just don't care about. And the best thing in a relationship is not to try uh, and be faithful. The best thing to do in a relationship is just get back in love. The best thing in a relationship is not that you just try, try, try harder to please them. No, no, it's to fall back in love again in such a powerful way because love will make you want to be faithful. Love will make you want to serve them. Love will make you want to bring joy into their life. It's love. If you love someone, you want to protect the relationship. You do whatever you can to make sure the relationship doesn't falter, that it doesn't grow cold, and you put safeguards in place. And so um, what we're doing today is a way that we put safeguards in our heart to protect the relationship that we have with God. And, and here is our verse for today, and here's the verse that I want you to know and memorize. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, I want to know Christ. It's that Genosco, I, I want to know Christ in an intimate way and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I, I want to get close to God. And when I get close to God in an intimate way, it gives, me, it gives me the mighty power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And next week is Easter. I, I understand that. But as they led us in that first song today, God doesn't want us to just celebrate the resurrection. He wants to have a resurrection in our lives each day. He wants to give us a resurrection. And so let's just get practical in this. If I want to get close to God, how do I do it? And the first one is, if I really want to get close to him, then I have to understand that I love him because he first loved me. You, you make a choice that you will love him because he first loved you. Far too many people think God is waiting for them to straighten up, and then once they're straightened up, maybe he'll accept you, maybe he'll love you. But I'm just here to tell you, you do not need to get your act together to come to God. You come to God so he can help you get your act together. He's thinking about you right now. He's deeply in love with you. How deep the Father's love for me and he wants you so much that he chose you. In fact, 1 John tells us that we love, we have the capacity, the ability to love because he first loved us. And then later Jesus would say, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. We're not his enemy. We're his friend. And you have to choose. You have to make a choice to love him. The second thing is you, you have to choose to love him with all of your heart. He, he is very selfish in that way. It's kind of like a husband and a wife. You know, it's not like when you get married that the wife just wants to be one of your loves. No, no, no. She wants to be your only love. She wants you to choose her. And in the same way, God wants you to choose him with all of your heart. And if you love someone, you pursue them. You go after them. You, you do. You, you love them with all of your heart. I was thinking this week when I saw Vicki and decided I want to pursue this relationship with her, I just, 
I just remember I would follow her to like social events. If I saw her across the campus, you know, I'd wave at her, give her a thumbs up, whatever, trying to look cool. Um, I remember going and working on a float just because she would be there. I'd call her on the phone and we'd talk hours and hours about absolutely nothing. I showed her how much I wanted to pursue her. I wanted to show her how awesome I was, right? (laughs) I pursued her with my whole heart. I won her love, she won my love, and God is so in love with you that he wants you to pursue him in the same way that he is pursuing you. And all throughout the Bible, you see God say things like, seek me, if you seek me, you will find me. Look for me, in fact, in one passage it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now, we have a lot of time on our hands right now, don't we? What if during this time out that we're all experiencing, what if we were to look at it and decided that this year would be a year that we would no longer just play spiritual games anymore, but we would like be all in with God? That we just, more than at any other time in our life, we would love him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what you would find on the other side of that decision is the most incredible life that you ever thought was possible. And I just want to encourage you to try that. Just go all in with him for just this year and just see a year from now how your life has come to a place that is more incredible than you ever thought was possible. Because people who go all in with God have their lives changed in a way that they never dreamed or they never imagined. I remember coming to God as a shy, broken, wounded teenage boy that couldn't even talk right. And when I look back at all the things that God has done for me, I just want to shout to God be the glory, incredible things he has done. And I want that for you. And I'm certain that I'm not alone. There are many of you online that are watching this and you know where your life used to be and you see that that day when you gave him your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength and you look back and you see the incredible things that he has done in your life. Now, everything in life requires a commitment. You're part of a sports team, part of a club, a part of a friendship, a relationship with your spouse, everything requires a commitment. And at some point you have to realize you you have to cross the line of checking it out to a place where you make a commitment and you have to give him, you make a choice to give Jesus your life fully. You You just lay it all out there, you just give him your whole life. Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, come on, this is where some of you are. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. You're just going to lose it anyway. And some of you watching right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about because that pretty much describes your life. You have held on to it and held on to it and tried to pursue more and hang on to it and control it. 
and you look back and you just feel like you're just losing everything. Life is just kind of meaningless. But he said, but if you give up your life, for what? For his sake, you will save it. You will find life. When I was in high school, I was asked to try out for the lead in a musical. Um, it's an older musical. It's called Fiddler on the Roof. Some of you may have heard of it, may have seen it in like a high school play. Maybe watched the movie on TV. If you, if you know the movie, it's the story of a father. His name is Tevia, and he has um, a wife, and then he has five daughters. The story is pretty much an attempt um, for him to maintain their Jewish culture or their Jewish tradition. And, and with five daughters um, in their tradition, daddy would arrange the marriages of his daughters. When they were old enough, they were getting near time to find a husband, he would go to the matchmaker. And between the matchmaker and he, they would set up this marriage, arrange the marriage. In the musical, the problem is his daughters fall in love with other guys. And so when he finds out, he, there's this famous song, he goes into this song, he's like, no, tradition, right? Holding on to the tradition, and the whole movie is this clash between the idea of love and tradition. And during all this talk about love, he begins to think about his life, and he begins to think about his marriage to his wife and how their relationship was match made. And he begins to wonder about love and if she loves him. So he goes in the house one day when the girls are gone and he sees his wife across the room. He shuts the door and he says, do you love me? <laughs> if you watch the movie, she like thinks he's crazy and she's like, what? And he's like, do you love me? And so she's like, for 25 years, you know, you know, this is done in a musical form. She's singing this, you know, for 25 years, I've washed your clothes, I've cooked your meals, I've cleaned your house, I've given you children, milked the cow. 25 years, why talk about love right now, right? She does this list of stuff that she does for him as if to say, doesn't that show love? And he says, basically, I'm not asking what you do for me. Do you love me? And again, she goes, through this big list of all the things that she's done. I've ironed, I've cleaned, I've dusted, I've fed, I've done all of these things for you. Listen, 
I believe with all my heart that God is calling the church out in this time of pandemic, maybe more than any other time in history to those of us who are good at making a list. And he's coming to where you are today, right into your home and right into your heart. And he is asking you, do you love me? Do I love him? I, I mean, I attend Kokomonez every week. I, in fact, I watch every week online now. <laughs> I didn't ask what you did, but do you love him? Listen, I know what you do for him, but do you love him, Janosko, in an intimate way with all of your heart? Have you made a choice to love him? Because that's what it's all about in this, in this relationship. It's about love. Because Jesus is coming to you right now, wherever you are, and he's asking, do you love me? Do you? Is there a desire during this time that we are experiencing to know him more intimately in a more profound way? And, and there, here's some possible answers to that question that I just asked you. One is there are some of you, maybe many of you, and you would say, I already know and love him. And I would say, praise be to God. That's my goal for you, that you would know him in an intimate way, that you would love him. For some of you, maybe right now, maybe during this time that we've been in as a world, as a country, as a church, Lots of questions, lots of things going on in your mind, lots of ideas, lots of maybe more questions than answers. And maybe during this time, there has been this pressing in on your heart and you might have begun to think, well, I don't know him, but I sure want to. I'd like to begin a relationship with him. And to whoever I'm speaking to online right now, listen, you can do that right now. You can begin a relationship with him right now. You can respond to him by just saying, he's saying to you, do you, do you love me? You just respond by saying, yes, I love you. I want a relationship with you, God, that is real, not religion. I want a relationship with you that is real. And that is how easy this is. And if you make that choice, I would just love to know that you made that choice. Maybe you could write on the post right there as you're watching, there's a place you could type in. Maybe you would just type the words, I love him. And I'll know that means this is where you are and that you want to know him and that you want to have a relationship with him. Or, or send me an email, send it to the church or send it to my email address that's online. And I just want to pray with you. 
And then there are some of you that are thinking, well, I need time to think about this. You, you kind of struck up a chord, some chords in my life. You got me thinking, I don't know, I'm a little confused. I've got different emotions. I'm considering it, I'm not there yet. Listen, I get that. And, and that is completely okay. I would never want you to make a decision that you had not thought through. And so, I, you know, let me know if you have questions. Maybe some, you want to talk about it more. Just, just let me know. Let some of the staff know. We would be glad to do that. But listen, God is not going to leave you alone here. He's going to keep speaking to you and coming to you and pursuing you. Why? Because he doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship with you, and he will pursue you. He will because he loves you. Would you let me pray with you just now? Father, I pray for everyone that is watching right now that the same Holy Spirit that is in this place has moved through the internet and through a device and into ver to their home and into their very hearts this morning and is speaking to people. For people that already have a relationship with you, that love you, that have made a choice to give you their whole heart, Lord, I thank you for that. Because one day we will stand before you. And I want more than anything for Jesus to put his arm around me and say to his heavenly Father, it's okay. We know each other intimately. I pray for those that maybe right now that maybe, maybe prayed a prayer this morning that said, I'd like to begin a relationship with you, God. I'd like to know that you love me. I'd like to know that you don't want me to clean up my act, but that you want to come into my life and that you will help me clean up my act. And Lord, I even pray for those that are not there yet, they're considering it. They're thinking about it. Your Holy Spirit is working on them. I pray you would give them the right questions, and I pray you would allow the Holy Spirit to speak truth into their heart and life. And may, Father, one day very soon, maybe next week, maybe on Easter Sunday, they would make a commitment to give you their heart and their love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, the first Sunday of each month, our tradition is that we take communion together. It's a reminder to us of the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some have said, are we going to do that today? Yes, we are. Some of you are at home going, well, I'm not prepared for this right now. Don't worry. I have prepared for you. And as we take communion, before we do, can I tell you a story that will lead us into communion? And I think this will be a very intimate time with the Lord. Pastor Richard Burnbrad spent 14 years in solitary confinement during World War II in Dachau concentration camp over his Christian faith. The story tells us that soon he realized there were other Christians scattered throughout that prison all of them in total isolation from the others. They begin to be so 
desperate for Christian fellowship that they designed a way to tap on the pipes and begin to signal to each other. And they were able to develop this communication system from cell to cell to cell. One day a prisoner named Christian tapped on the pipes. I so miss being able to take communion together. Richard tapped back, I would love nothing more to be able to serve you communion. I'd love to break bread and take the cup in remembrance of our Lord, but I have nothing, no elements. And Christian tapped back, oh, but God specializes in taking nothing and making it something. Let's have communion. And so they did. First, Richard would take and he would open his hands and he would picture the bread, which was a remembrance of Jesus. And in his mind, he would break it in his hand and then he would tap on the line, that message, and it would go from cell to cell until everyone had received the element of the Lord's body. Then he would open his hands again and he would take the cup and he would drink from it in his mind. And then he would tap on the line until cell by cell they would begin to drink in their minds of the cup of our Lord. Later he wrote a book and in that book he wrote these words, the most sacred hours I have ever had with God are those when I had nothing and he came and filled it with his very presence. And so this morning, as a church, not gathered together in a building, but distributed throughout our city, throughout our state, throughout our nation, and even throughout the world. Let us partake of Holy Communion together. Let the Holy Spirit take the nothing in our hands and fill it with himself today. Open your hands right now, wherever you are, just open them. If you have little children, you can explain this in detail to them later. Just have them open their hands. And imagine in your hands that which represents the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And hear him when he said these words to his disciples. This is my body which is broken for you. As often as ye shall take this, do this in remembrance of me. And in your mind, would you partake of that bread today and give thanks? Open your hands again and picture in your hands a cup that is filled with a symbol of God's love through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And hear him when he said these words to his disciples, This is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. 
as often as ye shall drink this, do so in remembrance of me. And in your mind today, with the presence of the Holy Spirit with you, would you drink of his cup and would you give thanks? And Father, in this very sacred moment where we are reminded of your love for us, a love that would extend down through the corridors of time to where we are today, and just as it has touched the lives of millions and millions and millions and millions and billions of people that have gone before us, that very presence of the Holy Spirit comes to us today wherever we are, and we're reminded by the element of the broken body and shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ how much your love extends to us today. And as we hear your words of love and we hear your invitation, do you love me? It is an invitation into a relationship with you. And so, Father, may we be faithful to you in these days, more faithful than ever before. May we not be a people that are consumed with fear, but we live out our faith in profound ways more than we ever have before. And now as an expression of that faith, let us worship you with our whole hearts, our whole minds, and all of our strength, we pray in Christ's name, amen.